Hey everyone, I'm Brian Conley of Hunters HD Gold, and you're listening to Season 2 of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. This podcast takes a deep dive into what it takes to be a match director, manufacturer, sponsored shooter, or just an everyday shooter trying to win his or her first major. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. Welcome back to another episode of Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens. Today I was walking down the hill at the um, Illinois Section Championship, long distance away. I said, I said, wow, I wonder what junior shooter has everybody's attention. <laughs> and I got closer and I found out I needed two things. One, to get my prescription updated. And two, it was just Tim Heron. <laughs> How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. You know, I'm doing I, great. I, I thought of that joke as I'm walking back up the hill. <laughs> so I got to say something because everybody gives you such a hard time about your hype and everything else. I just thought it'd be fun to start That's off right. that way. That's awesome. <laughs> You're always a great sport when it comes to that stuff. But, you know, before we get into, you know, everything that you're doing now, and all the stuff that mm-hmm. you've got going on constantly around the, the shooting sports and everything else. When did you even decide to even tell me about when this all got started about even being around guns? What oh. does this look like for you? So, yeah, I'm, I am not from a family that's historically, you know, been uh, a gun family. You okay. Know? So, um, my, my parents were not, you know, hunters or anything like that. My granddad was, um, okay. but at that, Guns were just kind of in the, you know, rifles are in the gun cabinet for, you know, turkey season, deer season, that kind of thing. So they were, so they were in the house, but mm-hmm. they weren't, you know, just something as yep. um, an object to bring out and study. Exactly. Okay. So it wasn't until 2010, um, I, I kind of went through some, you know, some kind of personal life changes and things like that with, really? uh, uh, kind of had a, you know, had a divorce okay. and, uh, found myself, um, as the full-time father of both my kids, wow. um, and some, some financial changes had to, you know, had to take place. So, right. uh, we, we kind of moved out of our, our nice safe neighborhood and kind of had to start all over again, like literally from scratch when I was 30, 31 or 32. Wow. Um, and, uh, that, that had me, unfortunately, you know, like I had to make some tough decisions. And, uh, and one of those decisions was like, man, you know, like I made. I may need to, to purchase a firearm, you know, just to, to kind of be able to protect me and the kids, you know, uh, you know, just because of, just because of, un, you know, unfortunate things that had kind of happened way back then. Right. Um, so I, I'm not one of these types of people that just like, that, that just believes, you know, like I am gifted as a, as an adult male with the, you know, innate ability of like, I know how to shoot a gun and I know how to drive a car and I know how, you know what I mean? So it was like, I wanted to seek out some training and, and and just understand what I was about to, you know, kind of embark on. Um, never really even knew anything like this, like USPSA or IDPA or the shooting sports, anything like this even existed, you know? Um, so I, I'd sought out some, a, a local trainer and a local indoor range that was like five minutes away well, let, let's, from the house. Let's back up a second, because when you went to go buy your first gun, mm-hmm. did you have any ideas what you wanted or how were you influenced? to go? Did you go to a gun store to, so just for, for the there information? Was a, there what was did, a friend of mine, um, like my, like I'd say my very best friend kind of growing up whose dad was, uh, you know, an avid gun guy. So okay. I reached out to, to my buddy Gus and I was like, hey, okay. so... Your dad can he offer me some input and advice? Like I'm, I'm looking at handguns and I don't even know where to begin. Okay. And so, and he was the one that was like, "Well, you know, there's a couple of choices." And and back in 2010, right? So there was, you know, like 
typically uh, the Glocks. Yeah, of course, there was, everybody... there, was, there was, I think, six choices. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and uh, but there was another gun that he had recommended, believe it or not, right. you know, and it was the, the Springfield XD, right? Okay. Everybody gives yep. the Springfield XD kind of a bad, well, you know, kind they, of a they bad rap. So but... much advertising when it first came out. They, right. showed, they showed the hand, they showed the, they showed the gun in the palm of a hand. Yep. And just being like, I don't, I bought one because of the ad. What? And, and that's back when I, you know, I didn't get started till you know, 13. Yeah. But one of my first carry guns I bought was that because of the ad. The, the advertisements, they were everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was also, um, there was also things that, you know, like me not knowing what I didn't know then, obviously, right. about handguns or firearms was, you know, like you, you see things like, oh man, it's got a grip safety and it's got this trigger shoe safety. And so all of these like redundant safety devices, well, mm-hmm. that means it's got to be a much safer firearm, you know, for, for me and, and, and having around, my, you know, little ones. You know, at the time my son was 10, my daughter was three, you know, so, so I you, like those so were big considerations I had to look at. It is. And you, so you got divorced mm-hmm. with your kids at that age mm-hmm. and you had full custody of them? I did. Wow. That's a huge responsibility. Still do. Yeah, a so. huge responsibility for a, a, a man to have that responsibility. A fool. I know. I don't know many men that have that responsibility, but when I found that they do, they're always special people because they have to go. They're the, they're the breadwinners. They're everything. They don't have the anchor yep. of somebody else to back up and say, hey, can you help me out? You're it. So that's so cool. So Congratulations it, on doing that. Thank you. That's I've, so I've cool. been very, very lucky and, and very fortunate and blessed to have strong family members, you know, as well as uh, like just a strong support group with friends and folks that I have met, like honestly, in this fantastic sport that have been able to kind of lift me up and help me along the way, you know, with things too, whether it's just like, Hey man, you need a babysitter for an hour or two and like, go enjoy a date. Yeah. (laughs) So there was, I mean, so that was, I mean, that was a, that was a big change, right. You know, and then to think about things like you always just want to be demands man right? right like by god i'm gonna go to work i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna earn the, the keep right. and and you know now i'm the i'm the kissing boo-boos and right. the making dinners and, and you know one, and one that's that young that's a whole other story PTA altogether. stuff yeah. and you know being involved in all the kids school activities and extracurriculars and wow. yeah there was i mean it, it it was tough but it I, I do, obviously I, that what parent could ever regret a second of it. Oh, I mean, no. It's just been, I get it. It's been awesome. I get it. When so. I, when I hear it, when I, I was one and done with kids, you've heard this story before. <laughs> I hear people that have more than one. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I was it. very lucky. I had, I've got one boy and one girl. Oh, so, and now my son is 23 Wow. and, you know, lives on his own and, right. and been a, a great contributing member to society, you know, right. and never been in trouble. And yeah, you know, I, I got him as soon as he graduated, I, he graduated in 2017. And I was like, ha one down, one to go, you know, kind of thing. That's so, a big facade. It's not really true. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing when mine graduated. I'm like, oh, great. Now oh. my daughter's a senior in high school. She started her senior year a few, couple weeks ago. Right. So it's it, it's it, it's really exciting to see yeah, that can be what kind of a, cool young adults they've they've yeah, become. You know? like, I don't know how the the, the I don't know how you do a parenting or anybody does parentings with daughter these days. That's oh. just I stress out even thinking about it. But um, that's another story oh, altogether. Dude, it's, it, it, <laughs> I, I hate to say it if my son ever listens to this, he'll be like, Dad. But like, <laughs> she's the easy one. Right? It, like, seriously. Okay. okay. So. Well, no, I, 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 I get it. My, my mom and dad used to always say, if we had, you know, Alice first, you'd never been born. That's my sister. So I get, I get the concept. But so you went to a gun store mm-hmm. for your first time. Did you have Gus with you? Uh, I had Gus's, uh, I did have Gus with me and Gus's dad. And kind of, so, and my, my first, 
gun shop wasn't even in a gun shop right so i i didn't i didn't know anything about you know to me gun shops were like oh they're dark and you know kind of dungeony and that's funny you know so i was like well where would somebody go they go to cabela's or bass pro or sportsman's warehouse or someplace like that so off to bass pro shops i went you know full msrp way overpaid for my first (laughs) pistol you know exactly so and my first my very first gun was a four inch uh like that the springfield xd service model you know i was like well it's police officers carry this thing it's it's got to be good right Right. because again so many misconceptions and so many so many things I just didn't know. But and uh, you're also left-handed. I am. So did that play a bigger role? In it did at first. Okay. Because I was did curious about that. Because you everybody know, you're talking to, probably Gus, but majority of people are right-handed. Yep. So you're, you're everything's backwards when they're trying to show you stuff. Yeah, it's always you know they're like oh you know that the thing about the Springfield is that it's it's got an ambidextrous mag release. It's got ambidextrous this and that. And I was mm-hmm. like scratching my head key features i i should look into those kind of things right. so um but yeah I, I purchased that gun and then went to an indoor range that was like i said about five minutes from the house and i would go every saturday morning so they opened at 10 a.m so i would be at the at the steps to the to the place at 10 a.m ready for them to unlock the doors and let me in really and i would shoot well, back then, ammo in 2010, you know, yes. you could buy a, a box of Winchester white box, you know, nine millimeter from Walmart, yep, seven you bucks. know, for like yeah, seven, eight <laughs> bucks. So I'd buy a couple hundred rounds, you know, or 150 rounds or so. And I'd go to the range and I'd, I'd shoot. And the, uh, one of the, the RSOs there at the range, the range safety officer, um, was a guy by the name of Jack Arnold. And Jack was like my first foray into, uh, instruction. So Jack was an NRA instructor and, uh, and, uh, and did like NRA inside, inside the home protection, outside the home, you know, all that, all yeah. those kind of things. And, uh, Jack had saw, like, I was there every single Saturday. Right. You know, right. so the first couple of times he just kind of walked by and he'd look at targets and, you know, and then he started like occasionally offering me some advice, you know, Hey, I, I see you're struggling with this. And why don't you try moving your hands here now, and gripping this? How and, did that make you feel when you first heard that? Were you open to that? Or I was. was that, okay, good. I was. Cause I want to back up just, you know, a pause for a second on that subject because you know, did you do a lot of sports in high school or anything? I, I did. Uh, I played soccer and I wrestled. Uh, through junior high and high school. Okay, so especially so, in wrestling, because wrestling coaches are very much hands on yep. in in their in their the way they teach. Yep. And so, then, so and before I got into firearms, I was also so I, like people think I'm just I'm kind of new to instruction. Like as an instructor, we'll, we'll get to that later. Right. But the uh, but I was a high performance driving instructor for about ten and a half or eleven years in kind of like in my previous kind of hobby really uh with with sports car stuff uh, well, scca what, sports car club i racing. don't know what that means so sports car club of america so okay. kind of like you know, people's at uspsa they're like what's that acronym mean exactly right? um so sports car club of america uh so it's it's a uh, like doing autocross or gymkhana type stuff and okay. then track days all across the country so, so like audis and yep. or basic stuff or yep. high-end stuff or both uh, both really so yep and then i worked for a a a firm that travels all across the country and teaches high performance driving by the, by, uh, a company called evolution performance driving school. And they kind of took me on as an instructor back in gosh, 20, 2000, 2002, 2001, 2002. Wow. And so I, I did that. Did you ever want to be a race car driver? I did. Oh yeah. That was because not- going to, going to different sports, NASCAR, F1, all these, and those people are smaller stature mm-hmm. because they have to be to fit in the cars and they, and, yep. and they're lighter. Yep. Lighter is more speed. All, all through my twenties, so, you know, I was like, that's oh, so man, cool. I, I, I really aspired to do like that, you know, and, and then as you get older, right. You know, like, especially from like a, 
from a professional driver's perspective, you right. know, like, man, now I'm 27, I'm 28. And then you look at like, even, you know, and it's, it's the dreams, right? But you, okay. you, you aspire to look at things like, oh my God, this new 18 year old phenom that's driving for like, you know, uh, Mercedes or mm-hmm. Ferrari for yep. Formula One, you're like, hey, yep. my days are numbered. I'm I'm ten years past that my prime. No doubt, you know, to be to, to do Formula One. Then you okay. start, you know, you're just like those, well, those I, dreams you play with yourself. I know. I just know? saw Audi's getting ready to come into Formula One too. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. That's going to be nuts. Yeah, because they make a mean car. Yep, they make a really mean car. But did you ever get to a point? Where you were doing something semi-pro when you were racing? No, no. Uh, everything was strictly amateur-based. So just um, an instructor. Yep. Uh, so I, 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 I did. Um, so I raced at a national level for about twelve years, to- like total. Oh. So, um, like, so did SCCA solo national championships, which are actually coming up uh, Labor Day weekend. So next weekend, actually, um, that used to be that. So that's the largest amateur motorsports event in the world. Okay. So, and it brings about 1250 to 1300 competitors, um, back in the day to Topeka, Heartland Park, Topeka. Um, and before that it was Forbes field Topeka. Now it's in, um, Lincoln, Nebraska at, uh, at Heartland Air Park right. in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, um, I would go to nationals every year and been very fortunate to drive well enough to podium, uh, mm-hmm. almost every single year that, uh, that I, I raced at the national level. Did you Never ever... could win a national championship. Right. I've been this close so many times. This close as in second or top five? Second, third, oh, wow. fifth, fourth, fifth, seventh, third. Well, yeah, let me ask yeah. you this question. Car, or the driver, what do you think it was? It's because uh, I mean, you hear so many stories, and that's the reason I asked that question. In your opinion, it, you know, for for me personally, yeah, one year it'd be car, one year it'd be driver. Okay, next year it'd be driver, then the year after that it would be the car. You know, wow. it would just be sounds just like USPSA. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. Nothing's Instead changed of steering all. a steering wheel, I'm steering a pistol. Wow. Right? Did you ever have an accident? No. Good. Very fortunate. Just curious. Yeah, that's so. what, you know, you think about stuff like that, you know, it's like everybody usually watches some for the big one. Here comes the big one. Yep. And you never Most know. Most of the so. stuff I did like was also like time trial. So like, solo. Okay. So you're like one car out at a time or multiple cars on a, on the track at a time, but like mm-hmm. in different intervals. So, and it was all based on like time, okay. like your fastest lap times and things like that. Too, so, it's, so it's really aggression against yourself and what you think you can do to push 100%. the car. Because yep. when you're in a situation with a lot of people around you, there's more of what you have to worry about what they're going to do as well. Yep. It's another factor altogether. Exactly. So a lot of times, yeah. I mean, when you're on the track with you know, 36, 36, 38 other drivers, right. you know, it's, it's all about like just damage, like damage control, you know, now, being an instructor, mm-hmm. then just bear with me for a second. Cause this interests me on this, on the car side and you've got somebody you're teaching. Mm-hmm. They're in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. You're in the passenger seat. Is there a brake or a steering wheel that you have? <laughs> nope, because we're doing we're driving their car. Okay, okay. So you're driving their car. So they're, they're driving. They're their driving car. their car. And I drive their them. car. Yep. Okay. I'm in the passenger because seat because as you get people who, well, I'll tell a quick story in a second about myself. You'll get people who think they can drive and think, oh, All I got this, and they realize they're you know this this ain't this ain't right. You mm-hmm. can't do this because I mean I would. Um, Sherry at one time had a Z06 when I first met her and I got behind it one time and I was at a red light 
And I was like, all right, I'm fixing to get on it. And I got on it and mm-hmm. she was with me and <laughs> I got on it. And it started going sideways quickly. And I was like, all right, I got off of it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm sure you get people oh, yeah. that came to you just think, oh, I can do this. And all of a sudden get, you know, that's why. Were you ever in a close call with any customers like that no. in their own car? Well, I mean, we definitely had you know, some like off track excursions and things like that. Okay. But it's, you know, generally when you're teaching, it's done in a, in a safe environment, oh, right. Okay. Or a controlled environment as right. well. So, oh yeah. But yes, I mean, you're trusting people to just have money. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> or know, really, really good insurance. Yeah, yeah, either way. Either way. <laughs> oh, cool. So you did that for a while. Uh-huh. So to go back to when you were going in the, in the gun shop and everything else, I'm sorry. I, 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 this is how no, me having that, that, a conversation. That, I pop up all the time with great. things. Um, when you listening to training from the gentleman and he's giving you advice, mm-hmm. what did that look like when you, when it first started happening, just little simple stuff, like oh, yeah. grip the gun differently, yep. you know, yep. just, you know, like, cause of course, you know, like, again, you don't know what you don't know. So right. you think you, you think you know things based on what you see on movies and TV, right? So oh, the yeah. old teacup and saucer kind of so telling you to turn the grip. He was trying to turn the gun <laughs> straight up instead of sideways. <laughs> right. <basically>. You know, <laughs> uses bumpy things on the pistol and, you know, but like how to align the sights a little bit better. Um, how to, you know, like, just how to do things that would allow me then to start like, like being able to exploit more from the, from the pistol. Right. right? You know, and that, that help you build a relationship with them. Oh, 100%. You nice. know, and, and I think a lot of it, and I see it as well, you know, cause I've, I always have a strong desire and a hunger to want to help everybody, you know? Right. And so and you, you can always see that when you go to a, like an indoor range or a shooting range and you see somebody that, that could be, possibly going to hurt themselves, you know, and you're like, Hey, you know, can I offer you some advice? And certain people kind of look back at it and they'll shrug their shoulder like, yeah, get off me. And it's it, like, okay. It, you know. know, exactly. And that's why I was going with that conversation. Cause you know, especially women yep. have that problem a lot, get a lot of advice they don't want. It, right. And it, you know, to be able to take that advice, but you, by taking advice, in the right way, that's where you can actually build the relationship. 100%. And it, a lot of people are so standoffish. They don't even, I don't know. I wonder why that is. I, I, I get on the women's side. I understand because they try to treat them like they've never, you know, held a gun. And mm-hmm. they they don't know the history of somebody holding a gun for six years. I'm just here trying to, to right. practice. <laughs> and then somebody walks up on them. I get that concept. Well, and, and sometimes but, too, like what are their intentions? You right. know, and I, and I can understand that from the, not, not, I can't personally understand that from the female perspective, right. but it's, you know, it's one of those things where you always just got your guard up, right? Especially right. in a, like at a gun range, you know, where it's predominantly male, right. you know, and, and like, like women always kind of have to watch the back that way, you know, like, right. okay, what's your, what are your intentions here? Are you doing exactly. this because you think you're going to get a phone number or a date? Or are you truly right. trying to offer me some, some input and advice to, to help me, you right. know? And you know, it's, that's tough. It is tough. But, um, so through this process, we worked with him at the, the range. Did he invite you to do like, did they have any matches at that range or anything? No. Well, so they did, um, that range would just being, it is an old school, dark, dingy, you know, like just like it was an old school shooting range. Right. Okay. I mean, you, you, you'd come out of that place, like, with the, with the sweet taste of lead, like on your lips and, you know, uh, but, but it was just, it was all I knew. Right. So, right. um, on Tuesday nights they did, um, bowling pin shoots. Okay. I mean, it was, it was a pretty old school place. And, uh, he, so kind of back up just a touch. Yeah. There was about, this went on for about a month where he would just give me oh, wow. some input, you know, right. like on Saturdays. Well, then there was a few times he'd invite me like, Hey, why don't 
you know, like the place opens up at 10, why don't you come in at nine and I'll unlock the door and you and I, will let's spend an hour together just like you and I and do some stuff. And I was like, okay, well, what's this going to cost me? And he was like, I just, I think it was because I was so open to receiving instruction that mm-hmm. he was more, he was more willing and free to give it as well. So, right. I mean, I, I think my lucky stars to run into, you know, t- t- great people that really set me on, you know, the course for success very, very early. Right. Um, so yeah. And the next thing you know, I'm showing up at like 9 a.m. and getting to shoot for a whole hour before the place even started to open up, you know, and I would be there from nine to, you know, nine to 11, turn into nine to noon, turn into nine to two. Next thing you know, I'm there like right. all day long. Cause you were just going there mm-hmm. to learn how to use the firearm for protection Yep. based on, you know, situations from the past. You weren't there just trying to get trigger time for competition. Not, not at first. Exactly. Right? exactly. So it, it, but it was the thing I liked about it. I think are the, the things I liked most about just going to the range and just shooting mm-hmm. was I think for the same reason that a lot of, a lot of folks have like taken up like archery, mm-hmm. you know, it, they may not have any, any want or desire to hunt, mm-hmm. but it's, there's like that Zen, you know, of just like everything else just washes away. It's you, right. it's the sights, it's the trigger, it's the target. And, mm-hmm. and just, it, it was a, it was a really good way for me to kind of be able to to, so to speak, like blow off steam, but it wasn't like to no. blow off steam. Well, but shooting is a, a huge stress reliever to, to center oneself. Yes, it is. I've seen, I've done that before myself, being off on like a Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Sherry, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the range today. Yep. What? I'm like, they just, I need to go. Yep, and just, so did it become that you were going to shoot for self-defense and training and then go to us like, Hey, I need to blow off some steam. It, it did. Okay. It started out, started out just wanting to, to learn the gun mm-hmm. and then learning the gun turned into man, this is, this is so interesting and it's so fun. And I, I, at the time I couldn't even articulate what it was I was feeling about it. Exactly. It wasn't really like feeling of like empowerment, uh, you know, or, or being emboldened, but it was just a, like, there's something about this is very relaxing. It you is know? very calm. And, and when it's all done, it, you're very calm. And, like then, we, and then the folks you meet at the range, like these guys that mm-hmm. I had. So there was a couple of other guys that would show up to the range every single morning on Saturday mornings, the same. So mm-hmm. like you had this, we almost had this, like this Saturday morning, like, coffee group, you know, but instead of like everybody cruising on their motorcycles to the local diner or their, you know, their custom cars, it was like, it usually comes at retirement. But to be honest with you, I'm glad it came early. I was the young guy. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody else was, 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 was the guy either retired or, uh, on their way to, to finishing up a career and retiring. And so it was, it was really cool that these guys that were like very seasoned shooters to, they're like, hey, come here, young man. Let me, you know, have you ever shot one of these? And no, oh, you got to try this. So you started trying other people's guns oh, early on. Oh, God. It was just like everybody just, and we see it now, right? Yes, you know, of course. Like, just everybody putting something in front of me. Like, you gotta, have you ever shot a, a 1911? And I yeah. was like, no, but so, and that, that's where I got hooked. So a gentleman by the name of Bill Haley was shooting an Ed Brown 1911 and 45. And right. this guy at, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards, it didn't seem to matter the distance to this indoor range. He, I mean, he could shoot a group that was, you know, like the size of a silver dollar, right. you know, with this gun. And I was like, oh man, I God, how's he doing that? You right. know? So Jack introduced me to Bill and Bill was like, Oh, you, have you ever shot one of these? No. Oh, well, let me, let me show you some things. Was he a competitive shooter? Um, back in the day, he shot some bullseye stuff okay. and then he, he shot a lot of bench rest. And in fact, okay. I like set two or three like national records or world records wow. in bench rest shooting 
way back in the so like he wasn't the doing I, he wasn't doing running and gunning. We had to reload. No, a lot. not at all. Not not at all. <laughs> he didn't. You know? He didn't tell you about the reload thing. Oh, no. Nope. So and there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of stigma. You know, like like Bill was the you know wow you know no better shooter alive than Colonel Jeff Cooper and right. you know like that that kind of thing. But right. It was. You're good. His his input, his advice, and and things like that was me be, coming from an instructor like from an instruction standpoint. You know, I. I knew there was a ton I didn't know. So right. I was just a sponge absorbing anything and every, everybody that could, was willing to help me. Mm -hmm. I shot his gun one time and was like, oh, I got to have one of these. So oh, wow. I immediately then started, like by then I, I kind of visited some other gun shops and mm -hmm. got to know some people. And I went and bought my first 1911. And then it wasn't long after that, a couple months ago by, and I bought my first holster. And so then I, I asked Jack and, and Bill both. I was like, man, you know, can, can you help me? Like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Like from the holster, how do I, how do I wear it? How do I draw the gun? Right. And they were so willing to, Oh, you know, you want to put your hands this way and you want to do this. And I've since obviously have, have changed my, my right. technique and things like that over the years. But it was it, that dude, how awesome is that to get like this free? Oh, it's wonderful. Coaching yeah. all of the time. Yeah. You know? What was your first 1911? A Kimber. A Kimber. Wow. Yep. A Kimber Custom Two. I okay. paid like seven hundred and fifteen bucks for. I still have that gun to this day. Wonderful. I that's the gun I started shooting USPSA with. It was the gun of which I built a love affair with that 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 style of pistol, nineteen elevens, right. which everybody always knows me as the single stack guy, right? Because it just like I just I, I always tell everybody nineteen elevens to me just have a soul. You know, yeah. they're just it's something about them. So makes sense. But that that was that's what I started with. Did you? Ever doing all this training, not training, just shooting at the time, mm -hmm. or a little bit of training based on there? Did you go home and talk to your oldest son about it? I did. What did that look like in that uh, conversation? Because he was 10, 11 years old at the time, mm -hmm. you said. And, you know, you took the gun home. So you had to have some conversation around that, I guess. What did that look like at uh, that time? At the time, you know, obviously very, you know, like a serious discussion, you know, like, mm -hmm. hey, this isn't a toy. You know, um, and, and I, I obviously was pretty sharp enough to at least like purchase a, you know, a, a small, uh, a, like nightstand safe, you know, that, that went in the bottom drawer and bolted right. down and, and, you know, I had a finger pad and things to, but, uh, you know, but at the same time I wanted to expose the kids to it. Yeah. So as to kind of like stave off. Well, you take, you take away the excitement factor right so when they go or the to a, unknown or, or the they're unknown. like oh what's yeah. this so, so yeah. when they go to a friend's house if they know somebody brings out a gun they know all right i know some rules here right <laughs> before i go to somebody and else so, and house. that was and, and that was also the thing too so like on 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 a weekend that they they would be home with me it was kind of one of those where i was like man would you be interested in going to the range with me and mm -hmm. we could rent a 22 and buy a box of ammo and mm -hmm. let's let's you know so my my boy at the time like i said being 10 right like it, it didn't take him long either. This is a lot of fun. Right. So we started shooting. What'd your parents think? Together. Um, Did they have any objections? Because no, not they, at all. Okay. Not and at that's all. good. Um, but they also know that they kind of know what, uh, you know, what my kind of where my interest on things, just anything, you right. know, that I'm not one to just, just jump in and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got this. I, I, you know, you can't tell me what to do. I've always been a, you know what, that, I, I, I need to know more about this, you okay. know, and it's seek out and an education. Okay. So, and it was kind of the same way. I wanted to make sure I educated the kids with it and, and, you know, like, again, kind of, kind of burn off that desire of, right. 
like the unknown. Yeah. Um, you know, if they ever had questions about it, it was like, well, let's sit down at the table and talk about it. And, mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, and there was a lot of things that we learned together, like a basic pistol class. I took my basic pistol when, when Christian was 11, 11 or yeah, 11 at right. the time. So NRA basic pistol, which was like at that time was a two day class. And you just learned the intricacies of how things worked and how to take it apart and how to properly clean it and mm -hmm. maintain it. And it was neat to have him, you know, with me, you know, at, at, and him to have a vested interest at that time too. Right. of being like, wow, I want to know how that works as well. Was but, he in um, private school or public school? Uh, public school. Was there any conversations about stuff not to talk about oh, stuff yeah. like that as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. We had the same thing. Conversation. To, you yeah. know, so, um, and, and that's, we've had those, we've had those conversations, you know, as the kids gotten older, you mm -hmm. know, in the junior high and in high school and stuff like that too, you right. know, it, um, believe it or not though, like we've always, so Christian graduated the same high school I went to high school at. So, okay. um, which was kind of weird because teachers that I had when yeah. I went to high school, their children were then teachers. So he would wow. come home and be like, oh, Mr. Beggs. And I was like, Mr. Beggs, Tom Beggs. And he's like, no, you know, Adam Beggs. And I was like, Adam, Beggs. I know an Adam Beggs. That was, that was Mr. Beggs. Is it, that was their son. Right. He was two years behind me. Right. He's teaching there. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's the English teacher or the history teacher. He's also the wrestling coach. And I was like, Oh dear God, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, but it that was moment you realize you're getting old, <laughs> right? It's really one of those. But wake it was up calls. it was really neat though because like at the time, like also to kind of have sort of relationships with like a lot of the kids as teachers too, and mm -hmm. kind of knowing, you know, like at the time, fast forward a few years, like I'm competing all the time, I'm shooting, right? And you know, so the kids had, would come, you know, come to school or whatever, and like, oh, my dad's a competitive shooter, and mm -hmm. you know, it was always like, Shh. and but the teachers were like, oh yeah, I've known your dad forever, and that's really right. cool, and so. Like even the school was like took interest, right. but not in a bad way. I have the one other question about your, um, your kids. Cause I'm kind of intrigued. Were your kids ever at a point where based on media and social media, they were turned off from guns for any reason or thought they might be turned off from guns for any reason? You know, believe it or not. No, that's good. Um, and, that's I, good. I, and I think a lot of it is because it's so, it's such a strong, presence. the exposure now mm -hmm. is, is, worse than it was even say 12 years ago. That's correct. Right. But, but even at 12 years ago and at 10, like my boy didn't have a cell phone, they right. didn't have access to social media and things like that. Right. So they, they weren't, you know, they, they weren't kind of molded to think like, like the, that makes sense. The, the rest of everybody thinks. That makes sense. So it, it was great because we kind of had the freedom to explore gun ownership and shooting and these types of things together. You know, I mean, there were things I didn't know and there were questions they had where I was like, well, that's a very good question. Let's talk to my friend Jack, or let's talk to, you know, to Bill about this right. or which was, which was really good. So we kind of had that freedom to kind of solve like our, our own like inquisitions about things. Um, and then as the kids got a little older and things like that, and they started getting more exposed to, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, more liberal teachers and, yeah. and things like that too. The kids were already kind of deeply invested in their own interest on things to also have their own thoughts. And see, that's such a great point of takeaway right there that if you train them right from the beginning, yeah. no matter where they go to college or late in high school, they've already got their groundwork. Right. So many people now are depending on the schools to raise right. their kids. And that's where a lot of the fault is, in my opinion. I know I 100% agree. Of, of a lot of kids around. So that's a great takeaway. Raise them early, train them early, educate them early. And then when they go to school, 
they're going to hear other opinions. Sure. And that's okay. Yep. We just got to talk about it. Right. And it, and I've always, I've always encouraged them. Like you are 100% capable and should have your own opinion on things. And there's mm -hmm. things that, like I said, my daughter's a senior in high school this year, right? So right. she does have some strong opinions on things. Mm -hmm. And some are definitely a reflection of like my opinions on things. There's other things that we have to agree to disagree on. And right. that's, that's perfectly great. That's, that's, to me, that's, that's okay. Yeah. And like we, we, and but the great thing is too, is it's not a agree to disagree. Don't talk to me. Don't bring it to my attention. It's like, right. let's, let's talk about some things. And right. sometimes she's been able to, to kind of sway me a little bit more to her way of thinking. I'm like, right. no, I, I totally, I get where you're coming from on that. And then there's other times that maybe I'll bring up something that she hadn't thought about. And she's like, oh my God, I hadn't thought about that. You make a really solid point, which is, that's great when you can have two completely differences of opinion and still find common ground on why you think the way you do and why somebody else thinks the way they do. And it, I can totally agree with that's that. That's awesome. That is, that's wonderful because I had to experience the same thing back in March where my son decided to quit college and quit work and move out of the country for six months and he'll be back in September. And we've had to learn new ways to communicate because it before it was all a control issue mm -hmm. and I lost it. I lost all the control. So I had to learn new ways to communicate. We still raise them the right way. Yeah, they're going to still make these decisions when they get older or 20 nothing years old. And you got to decide, okay, how am I going to really communicate? communicate with this young adult now because he's yep. got his own life now. And, so. and you got to be friends with him. But yep. it, at the same time, I, I always hate the, you know, oh, you got to be a parent, not their friend. And then there's a point in time that you, you well, you got to be their friend and not their parent. Right. I agree. But it's, it, it's, it's got to be, it, it's not mutually exclusive to either of those things. Well, you that, had the advantage and disadvantage of being both. Yes. Because you were it. You yes. Know, you had the grandparents, I'm sure they help out, but they usually were like, I can't believe y'all did that <laughs> kind of thing because sure. they're grandparents. But then you're also, you're, you're the, the one that has to be the one that scolds and the one that rewards and the ones and the friends. So you, you exactly. got to experience all that. And if I'm the one that scolds all the time, right. Well, like we know this as being, as being dads, mm -hmm. right. If you're the one that's, that just has to, to be like the punishment all the time, mm -hmm. then the kids aren't going to be open to discuss freely that's things right. with you. So at the same time, like you have to learn to be really open-minded and very forgiving to things, you know? So, and it's, it's, you know, like the kids and I've had, had discussions before where they've had, they've had things offered to them or in, you know, things that maybe they were a little inquisitive about that. I'm like, well, I can't speak from experience because I, you know, my dad would have whooped my butt <laughs> exactly. on something like that. Exactly. And so therefore I just like, I just didn't. And, but I, I don't know how to approach that. Let's, let's talk this out, you know? Yeah. And there's been other times that they brought things to my attention where I'm like, what the heck were you thinking? You know, right. and I like that, then you get a little furious and you have to remember like, I can't, they told if me I something. ruin this yeah. now, they told me something they weren't, I'm going to ruin it me. for, right. Exactly. I'll ruin it for everything. Exactly. So it's, well, I'm proud of you. That's awesome, well, thank man. You. Well, let's take a quick commercial break. Sure. And then let's get into more of the shooting on the 1911 and the single stack and everywhere we're at with USPSA. Sounds great. We'll be back in just one second after this commercial break. This week's podcast is brought to you by Kana Gold. Kana Gold is a premier lifestyle brand for those who work hard and play harder. 
There are many hemp companies out there that get lost in the crowd, but Kona Gold sets the gold standard with its premier line of products. When traveling all around with a magical mystery tour to different matches, I travel around with lots of different flavors, including pink grapefruit, candy apple, and vanilla cherry. Make sure to stop by and get some for yourself. They are all zero calories, zero sugar, use organic hemp, and are THC and CBD free. Competitive shooters love them because there's no shakes, no headaches, and no crash. When you order from conagoldhemp.com, make sure to use discount code HUNTERSHD for another 20% off. So you go into single stack, mm-hmm. you fall in love with it, mm-hmm. and how did you find out about USPSA? <laughs> so... Or is it IDPA first? No, it was USPSA. Okay. okay. So I've primarily always been a USPSA shooter. So um, what started this love interest, right, was okay. um, shooting the 1911 and, and stuff like that and just learning the learning the gun. And then, of course, me being left-handed, right, learning a gun that has, you know, for 120 years now been a... A, a predominantly, it, it was designed by a right-handed shooter, and you know, so there were there were things, you know, little things I had to kind of figure out along the way that that worked for me. But um, so I'd, I'd started, you know, obviously by now I I'd, I'd started carrying, you know, I, I felt confident enough. I'd taken a concealed carry course, and mm-hmm. um, I had taken a basic pistol. I I I'd, I'd sought out some education to to start to build the the confidence that okay, I can be a a member of society and still carry a gun and, and feel confident in doing so, right. you know? Um, but yeah, so I, I started do, you know, working some stuff from the holster and I bought a holster for this 1911 and I asked Jack one day at the range, I was like, man, you know, coming from my race car days, it would be really, really cool if there was like a sport or something where you had to like draw from a holster and you had to like reload the gun on the clock and like maybe you had to shoot and be accurate and 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 at the same time and like multiple targets and stuff would be really really fun and jack was like you know like almost like patting me on the arm like bless your heart you know and he was like he goes tim you're talking about like are you talking about like ipsic and i was like ip what and he's like ipsic he goes ipsc he goes i i it's like international practical shooters something or another. And right. I was like, well, well, what's that? And so he was like, come with me. And so apparently this range years in the past used to do some indoor like pistol league stuff. Okay. And uh, so he showed me these old, I'm talking like old 35 millimeter like photos. Right. So he gets, gets a stack of photos and he's, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, you know, these guys are like on leather holsters and, and they're, you know, re- like, and everybody's shooting a 1911 because this, we're talking like early eighties. Right? right. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. He says they, they do that all over the world. <laughs> How come I don't know anything about this? And he was like, well, maybe you get on like the internet and just search. He goes, I, I think it's called like United States practical shooting something or another. Right. And he goes, we have a guy that comes in occasionally by the name of John Sandlin that, uh, that it does do that kind of stuff. He goes, the next time he comes in on a Saturday, I'll try to make a, an effort to introduce you to. And I was like, cool, that would be great. Right. So of course I go home and I'm all, I'm all about it. Right. So I get on YouTube and I start searching IPSC or USPSA and, you know, I kind of find some links and things. And of course, then I'm exposed to Rob Latham. I'm exposed to Todd Jarrett. Wow. I'm exposed to Travis Tomasi, yeah. you know, and I was like, wow, these guys, these, these guys are doing things with a pistol. I, I didn't even know this existed. Right. right. Like this is awesome. So I just got completely engrossed in it. 
fast forward like a week goes by, you know, and I'm like, and I know all about this stuff. Like I know <laughs> enough, you know, like I know, I, I, but I, I didn't know how to get involved. So like back right. then, um, and I'm sure, you know, uh, I'm sure like area directors and Jake Martins will tell you the old USPSA website was terrible. Well, it's, it's, there's a lot on there now. Cause I get on yes. to them. I get on to Jake and Rick all the time. Like, how can we make this more simpler? Yes. To, it was now so it's got everything on hard there. to navigate before because so little information existed. Okay. Right. So you like you, you type in your zip code and it was supposed to pull up like all of the USPSA clubs within a certain distance or whatever your right. zip code. And that didn't work worth a crap. Okay. You know, so it was just like, uh, you know, and actually the, that's this, the initial search was you typed in a zip code and it would just give you the section coordinator's name. Well, if somebody didn't even know what the heck USPSA is, right. What's a section coordinator, right? Right. Like what's a match director? Who what's any of that? I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't I, even know who these no, people yeah. are. So I just, I didn't know. Yeah. So again, fast forward a week and I, I show up at 9am. I'm going to go shoot my 250 rounds at the range. And lo and behold, this guy that is shooting a Springfield XD five inch, right? A five inch tactical XD. This guy is doing some incredible stuff. Like to me at the time, incredible right. stuff. Like he's, he's drawing. So I have the very fortunate experience of at this first range that they would allow you to work from the holster of this indoor range. Okay. And he's drawing this gun from this holster and he's like, bow, 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 and he's shooting like what I now we know as a bill drill, right. but he's shooting this bill drill. And I keep hearing this occasional like beep from this shot timer. And I was like, what the, what the heck is that thing? Right. What are you doing here? And then like, he's just murdering the center of this target out. And I was like, man, this, this, this guy's just like this Rob Latham guy and this Todd Jarrett guy I've seen on the internet. Like, right. How do I get to know that guy? Right. And Jack comes up to me. He goes, Oh, by the way, he goes, you remember that guy, John said, I told you I didn't, remember? this is John. Wow. So he's like, John, I meet Tim, Tim, meet John. And so John gave me a bunch of information and told me where to go. And John kind of was like kind of getting burned out on the sport at the time. Okay. But he was like, I've got this, in this solid interest in it. And I think for John, it kind of sparked a, like, I'm interested because he's interested. So he really kind of took me under his wing and he right. was like, man, you ever shot at an outdoor range? And I was like, outdoor ranges, what, <laughs> what are outdoor ranges? You know, it's like, I didn't even know he had any around here. And he wow. was like, man, he goes, what are you doing tomorrow? So this, I met this guy on Saturday and on Sunday, he takes me out to Higginsville, Missouri, this, this range about an right. hour east of where I lived right. and takes me out. And he gives me, you know, kind of the what for. He's called, like, the, you called the grandparents to tell him that, you know, get dinner ready. I'm not coming home for yeah, a couple of days. Pretty much. <laughs> it was, it was awesome. He's like, I want you to bring just a couple hundred rounds of ammo okay. and I'll, I'll teach you range commands. I'll teach you just like typical safety and how to move around with a gun in the hand and how to do this and how to do that and, and all of that. And he goes, and then like next week there's a match here. So I was, dude, I'm, 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 I'm all about it. Right? right. So, you know, I've got what I think is an okay holster and he's like, that holster's junk, you know, get rid of this here. Here's a holster that you can borrow. And he's a right-handed guy, but somehow he's got a, oddly enough, he's got a left-handed holster for a 1911 and hooks me up with a holster and then hooks me up with like an old used inner and outer, like CR speed belt. And, right. You know, it tells me like, he gives me a list of equipment, like, okay, you're going to want five mag pouches for this. And you're going to want this and want that. And I was like, Phew. so he didn't try to talk you out of single stack. Nope. Keep nope. going, keep going. Go so, because he had a 1911, right? right? And oh, okay. so, that's right. Uh, but, uh, but he was also shooting, like I said, a Springfield XD. He was shooting production, mm -hmm. but he was like, I've got a 1911 I shoot also. So, like, he, like, he, he knew so much. He was an A class shooter at the time. Right. But in my mind, I was like, this guy is like 
th- this guy's obviously a national champion of some kind, right? I mean, right. nobody shoots like this. And uh, so that gave, like, he is the one that gave me my first exposure. Took me to my first match the next week. I, I mean, race car had sat, like, in the garage for, like, the last year and a half, not touched, because I'd, right. I'd just kind of gotten into just shooting, period. Right. Race car was up for sale. And so, I went. So you had a car this whole time as well. Yep, just sat in the garage. Wow, what kind was it? Oh, uh, a 1991 Honda CRX. Okay, so a lot of money put into it, I'm sure. There was, yeah. <laughs> car started out as like a thousand dollar drive out to Denver, pick up this hoopty, right, right, and then tear it apart from like absolutely every nut and bolt, and go through it and rebuild it, and yeah, probably ten fifteen thousand dollars. Wow, wow. To, yeah, you went from the most expensive sport in my mind. Mm-hmm. To the second most expensive sport, which is shooting. Oh yeah, but at the time I was like, man, this is way cheaper yeah. than racing, right. you know. And it was and so yeah. I mean, I shot uh, shot my first you know handful of matches or whatever, right. starting so, in like July of. This all happened very quickly. It sounds like it because July, uh, June, July, August of 2010. All right, take you back to your very first match. You're 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 going to the line, mm-hmm. and. I'm sure you've had some training with the beeper based on the guide mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Where's your heart rate at based on your experience oh, in the past? Probably about just- a 170, 180. <laughs> you know, this hands are trembling. You know, everybody's looking at me like I didn't, you know. People are backing up because they don't know if they're fixing to get right? safety. Like, I'm getting away from this guy. Yep. And it just so happened. I had no idea at the time. It just the range, so happened. The, ma- the ma- range, range officer pushing people back it's off. It's a line six Y'all back up real quick. classifier match. <laughs> what yeah yeah i was like i don't understand what a classifier match is but yeah okay which actually i think was a great exposure for a brand new shooter because okay back then classifiers especially in 2010 most classifiers were stand and shoot okay so a l- very little movement which allowed me exposure to the sport without the overexposure of how do i back up and go this way how do i keep the gun moving left to right were you a member of uspsa by then not that not yet okay continue. so i shot the classifier match i had no idea what you know what classifiers were and everything on the way home uh you know because john drove me out there together and on the way home john is like man i'm, I'm pretty sure based on your scores he goes and this is still back in the day 2010 was before practice score. Yeah, I heard so, you didn't find out your score to like two, two, two about a week, about week, a week and a half later. later when they emailed out the results. Right. right. So, um, you know, he but he kept like taking his cell phone out, and he would just like type in just numbers. You know, he would like, okay, that was a hit factor on that, and then so he went home and got on the inter- got on the system and was able to like do the kind of that. Back then, USPSA didn't even have a classifier calculator. There was a third party. Uh, like software that you could Google search that was had the classifier calculators wow. on it. So you could type in a classifier and then you type in your hit factor and it would tell you how well you did based on like historical mm-hmm. evidence or whatever, you know, historical data. And he was like, man, I'm pretty sure you made C class. And I was like, so what's so C class is that good or bad? <laughs> He's like, dude, like right out of the gate, like mm-hmm. th- that's, that's two thumbs up. That's solid. And I was right. like, awesome. So, Fast forward in two or three, four more matches, right? And we'd been doing this practice, you know, in between matches and things and shooting. Right. And uh, I'd shot enough classifiers to bump that initial C-class classifier up to B-class. And so within the first year, I made B-class in USPSA. Right. Wow. When did you, was it, you know, you sound like an individual that's kind of like me in some ways. Once you're going to do something, you're all in. All in. And... Which is a, a good trait and a bad trait. Yep. Because <laughs> the bad side of it is, is like, 
I don't know anybody else in the world. If you're not doing this, I just not, don't, don't know you anymore kind of thing, right. which can be sad in some situations. Mm-hmm. But in a good way, you're able to focus on something that was more into what your racing was. Yep. Did you feel when you first got into it, like, it, it, was everybody accepting like this could be another family for you? That Because so, so many people talk about this is my the shooting family is like my second family. Mm-hmm. When did that hit you? Was it right off the bat or later Honestly, on? Honestly, right it? off the bat. Okay. Right so, okay. Um, well, and again, having great mentors to begin with, right? right. But, and, and John, he was, he was so awesome because he was like, yeah, I'm kind of getting tired and burned out on this stuff. But he stuck, he stuck to the sport and went to every single local match took me to my first level two, took me to my first like sectional match, took me to my first area match together. Um, wow. And then it's like, it's like once he really started seeing me kind of like kind of making the climb up, there was, I think there came a point where he was just like, my work here is done. Really? You know? So then John was, you know, like he got to the point where I called John, like, Hey, we're going to go shoot this match on Saturday. He was like, ah, man, I've got some other things coming up. You're going to have to go on your own. But by then I had also kind of developed some good friendships with, some of the folks he'd introduced me to that shot matches. Right. And so, you know, like John had only, maybe he'd shoot maybe one match a month with me. And one match maybe turned into one match every couple of months with me. Right. But I really developed some good, strong friendships and relationships with other folks in the area that was. As he winged you off, was he winging himself out of the shooting sports I, as well? I think so. Okay. Yeah. In fact, he was, it got to the point where he was like, I think I've, I've taught you all I can. You know, he wow. was like, I don't have anything else to offer you, but I was like at the time we, I'd been shooting about a year and a half now right. and he'd been shooting off and on with me too. And he was like, you know what? He goes, I've been thinking about taking a class. I think you should take a, a big class with me too. And I was like, well, what did you have in mind? And he's like, so there's this guy down in Tulsa, Oklahoma named Mike Seeklander. Oh, wow. And he goes, you should take, I think we should take it. He goes, first he goes, you should take. And then he goes, no, wait. I think we should take a Mike Seeklander class and it's a three day class. It's coming up in a couple of months. We could sign up now and, uh, and take it down at us shooting Academy in Tulsa, Mm -hmm. Tulsa from Kansas city. It's like three and a half, four hour drive. And I was like, okay, cool. So he stayed in the sport long enough and then even trained with me and took like super duper professional instruction from Mike Seeklander with Mm me. And then like, that was awesome. Like here's this mentor of mine that wants to see my like to, to see me progress and su- and succeed and he wants to do the same thing. And like, that was so awesome to me, you right. know, to, to have that kind of mentorship and friendship with him. That's so cool. Do you, do you still have touch with John? Not much okay. anymore. Every once in a while, he reached out to me like on Facebook or whatever. you like, right. you know, like I spy with my little eye, you know, like <laughs> I, I see what you're doing. And he goes, man, who would have thought like I knew him when, you know, kind of thing. And right. it's, it's so great. Yeah. He, he just, he decided to kind of get out of shooting. He just kind of got burned out on no, it. No, I see it happen to uh, a lot of shooters. And from, took up golf yeah. and some other things, right. you know, just, he's like, yeah, maybe I'll revisit it later things, but. Yeah, That's I mean, so cool. it, 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 he does keep up with me about once every couple of years. It'd be like, man, when you started winning your first competitions when he wasn't around, did you, did you call and let him know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he was always the first person I'd call on the way home. Oh, that's so cool. I'm like, John, you're not going to believe, you know, yeah, it was just mm-hmm. yeah, super, super awesome. So when I first heard about Tim Heron, it was on another podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even know what it was called back then, but it was you and a bunch of other guys. And I, what was the podcast? Cause uh, I remember well, but it's not, it's not on the so air anymore. We did. Yeah. So we, we initially had named it the make ready. That's podcast. right. That's right. The make ready. And podcast. it was me yes. and Eric Steiner yes. and Kenny Platt. Yes. Um, that's when I first heard about you and I was just like, 
I don't know who this cat is. I can't wait because they were just they gave you hell back oh, then. Always. Like it was just always nobody's business. Two of my closest friends. Right. I, and I then they had to change the name of the podcast based on some rights here some, and some there. Some copyrighted, yep. supposed copyright yeah, I'd infringement. Waited, I'd, I'd have waited for a, a legal letter. I, I told <laughs> I told Eric, I was like, he's like, Man, this guy's threatening to cease and desist. I was like, till I get a C and D in my hands, exactly. we ain't changing nothing. I, I would have never changed it. And Eric was like, so. ah, this is free. We don't make any money on this. I don't want this to call cost us anything. And yeah. I was like, I, I kind of like f that guy. Like, exactly. Just, no, I it, get ain't, it. it ain't happening. Yeah. And somebody's got to get an attorney. Steiner involved. reached out to the guy and was like, "All right, we'll change our name." And yeah. I, I think that honestly, that kind of took the wind out of our sales a little bit. You know, like yeah, because like, a lot of things did change. Legal that. repercussions about this for for just three dudes right. having a fun podcast and right. sharing knowledge. And I was, but it was, it was great yeah. for me. Cause that's when I first started listening to the podcast and that's when I started, you know, listening to all this and learning about stuff. I didn't know anything about, cause I was traveling a little bit at that time, not mm -hmm. as much. Cause when I started listening a long time ago, you were pretty hard on USPSA back then about certain things. There, and there were and just certain so things. So you've gone through your time. You've had a lot of passion. I, I've always about, had a lot of passion. About, about the USPSA and I everything do. else, which is really cool. I do. Because and, it's and not on a, not on a degrading level. No. Right. No. But I'm definitely passionate on certain things that were, I, I've kind of thought sometimes the members are overlooked or member input had been overlooked. Right. Um, there were other, you know, there were other things. It was just like, I don't think they've really looked at the bigger picture right. from a membership standpoint. Right. Yeah, and so there was, yeah, there was. A few things well, I, was I think a lot of that's been exposed. I agree. With lately, since uh, Mike is gone, mm -hmm. a lot of area directors had had to step up and actually do stuff they never even thought they had to do Agreed. and had to learn things sure. they never even had to thought they had to and learn. And there's a, a lot it's of been bumps very, in the road. Yes. There's been a lot of things happening because of that, but I think it's going to be healthy in the long run. I agree. I'm just waiting for the long run to hurry up and get here. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, because I'm tired of the drama. Yeah. And you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm very close to a bunch of it just because of where my um, loyalty is with I the official too. eyewear. You're, you're close to it because you have shooters that shoot USPSA. Absolutely. But when I come to matches, there's, there's probably one or two people may ask about it, but the other 230, they don't care. They're rocking and rolling. Can and they come shooting. to a local match on the weekends and shoot their, their local match? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And as long as those things happen, yeah. they, they the, the inner workings of the organization as a whole right. mean absolutely nothing. And there was a time, you know, when I first started shooting up until probably 2014, 2015, mm -hmm. when I started, you know, like I was really then competing at a higher level at nationals and things like that too, right. where I didn't, you know, I, Mike Voigt, who's Mike Voigt. Okay. Right. He's the president. His, his little signatures on my little membership card. Nobody cared. Right. Still but, don't. I, but, but, <laughs> but I knew who Mike Voigt was obviously right. as a, yeah, as Mike, a it, legacy. It, right. You know, but they cared about that, but nobody knew who the area directors were. People still don't know no who the section idea. coordinators are. Right. And people, you know, are now learning that who's the president. Well, I don't know him. I don't care either. Right. And it, you know, it, and that's okay. And, and bad at the same time, but it's, it's an odd situation to be in, but you know, there's been people that have said, mm -hmm. you know, we should do away with this. We should get rid of that. And we should not have this anymore. There's only this many people shooting it. And you know what I'm talking about? How do you feel when somebody starts talking about getting rid of a division that in your own words has a soul with the 1911? And that's so and at first it infuriated me. Right. Right. Um, for the same reasons, I think that a lot of folks like 
they kind of bag on like say revolver division. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's only like 65 people across the country. And it's like, but those 65 people are still members yeah, but, uh, that are still important. Right. They, they or, are, but there's more than 65 people because I'm going to I-Corps Nationals. Right. There'll be 200 and something revolver Ex- shooters. Exactly. They're out there. They've just chosen to do another sport. Right. And that's what we got to ask ourselves. Why? Mm-hmm. And so we, how do we get all these people back together? And, and that's, and that, so, and that was the thing where at first I was very, I was very resistant okay. to anything. I was very passionate about being very resistant to right. like, right. no, don't, it doesn't need to be messed with. Right. Whereas now I've educated myself just in what I see and getting to travel and getting to shoot big matches and, and, and talk with students. Right. I mean, this is like my full-time job now. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and get other varying opinions um, even having the podcast, like with, with Eric and Kenny and I, you mm-hmm. know, and, and having, having listener input, you know, and, and having people pose questions for us to answer and things like really made me like sit down and really think about things, not from like the exclusivity of me, right. but like things outside the box that I hadn't really considered or thought about now where I'm more willing now to, 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 to kind of ne- negotiate some changes and things right. or things that I see that are, are directions that like maybe single stack could go mm-hmm. um, in, in a whole, like with low cap altogether. Okay. Um, whereas before I was like, mm, nah, I, I don't like that. Now I'm seeing it from the opposite side where I'm like, you know what? That we, we could do that. We could make this work. And so like, I've, I've proposed those things, you know, even just on my personal Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, man, that's a great idea. And I've got other people that are like, are you crazy? And right. they get in. And I'm like, I remember having that attitude, right? you know, or like, well, if you're going to do that, why not open it up to all these other things? And it's like, right. Yes. And no, you know, there's, there's, there's things you got to think about here too. Well, and, I don't want to go down the path too sure. far, but I wanted to ask that one quick because we could talk about current events for, oh, goodness. A, for a while. And I don't want to really get into that. I do want to back up to when did you realize that you wanted to get back into teaching? Oh, man. And yeah. with a firearm, because that's another big responsibility. Big time. Because now you're not just talking about hoping they have insurance. Sure. <laughs> because now you're in a situation where I have to have you insurance. have to have insurance, probably more than what they've got. One hundred percent. What did that conversation look like with yourself? Were you were you dating anybody then? What did that look like? So yeah, um and and dating the same you know, and, and living with now the, the same woman I was dating at the time. Okay. Um, um who shall remain nameless at this point. She's but no anyway, big deal. yeah. But uh she um she was always and always has been like probably my biggest cheerleader, my biggest supporter, um, and, and biggest advocate to like get off your butt and do what you want to do, like chase your dreams, follow nice. what you want to do, right? Um, which is was super empowering, right? Um, but the uh, I started like I kind of became that that guy, you know, like when you go to matches and things like that, like like I'm shooting local matches good enough to kind of be at the top. Like, you know, in the combined overall at local matches where then guys like on the squad, you know, they want to squad. Everybody always wants to squad with the guy that's like, Mm -hmm. that's the man to beat. Right. And then start asking questions like, well, why are you doing it this way? Or why are you thinking about this? Or, and and just um, me being open because so many folks were so open with me. And it's Mm -hmm. just, I think it's just the, like the kind of the inherent teacher in me. So like, I can't wait to share because I want to make everybody successful. You know, okay. I, I want to give everybody the, the progress that they're, they're searching for that. That was the, 
that was the big thing for me. It was just like, I, I couldn't wait to like, Hey man, I see that you're thinking about this or, Hey, I noticed that you're, when you draw the gun, you're, you're gripping it this way. Like, you know, if you fix this just a little bit, like it just, the, those little things that became like people asking like, Hey man, do you ever, do you ever, do you ever teach? You ever thought about doing a, like classes or, you know, working an hour with me here or there. And so those little things became like one hour, two hour coaching sessions turned mm-hmm. into kind of like my buddy, John, who had taken me under his wing and, mm-hmm. and taken me to the range. And then it just got to th- where things were like folks, like I'm doing that with other folks and folks were like, man, let, let me just pay you for your time. And, you know, and me, me teaching performance driving, I was like, man, there's a lot of this stuff that's just like concepts, especially like vision related and things like that, that mm-hmm. really are the same regardless of the sport. I love teaching. and I love seeing people get those aha moments. I could do some of this like part-time. So Mm part-time instruction turned into part-time small group coaching, turned into part-time bigger group coaching, turned into one day classes, you know, and things like that. That was just like, man, I can kind of do this as a, as a way to fund the sport for myself. Okay. Um, I hadn't really thought about it as a, let me quit my 23 year career to go do this full-time kind of thing until Mm. it just happened. What did that conversation look like? Cause that had to be scary. Cause when you're working somewhere 23 years, petrifying. you have a side of very much comfort. You never know have you- taken a risk in my life. Never, never been that type of guy. Wow. Ever. You know, afraid of failing, afraid mm-hmm. of starting a business and failing, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, afraid of being laughed at, ridiculed, you know, just d- disappointing people. And on top of that, I get two kids, right? Mm-hmm. I got a, so it's not just, me it's I've, I've got two other people you know two other living walking talking humans that are relying on me right to to make a to make a home for them so when you talk to your doctor about getting medication to <laughs> overcome your anxiety what that look like <laughs> so, how, did you, how did you overcome that because a lot of people don't start businesses because they're afraid to fail 100%. a lot of people don't try anything new because they're afraid to fail a being push, afraid to a fail pushy girlfriend yeah Who's now my, my pushy significant other, That's you know, wonderful. Um, That's wonderful. but pushy in a good way, yeah. you know, I mean, there were conversations that we'd had that would infuriate me. I mean, just to the point where she like, Go on. she just made everything sound like it's so just, it's so damned easy, you know? And I'm like, well, it isn't easy. You've not thought about this and you've not thought about that. And she's like, thought about that. Here's the solution. Thought about that. You're not thinking about this, this, and this, which would help overcome that. And are you going to continue to sit here and look at me and just make excuses? Or are you going to get off your butt and do something about it so that we don't have this conversation again, 10 years from now, and you regret not making the jump? And I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. First of all, I need band-aids for my lip that you just punched me in the mouth with. Right. But there was a lot of reality there where she was like, how long are you going to continue to talk about it and not do anything with it Right. versus do it? Like you're doing it part-time do it more part-time, do it so much part-time that until you have to make the decision, she goes, and you're not there yet. So 20, she told you you're not there yet. Yeah, okay. So 20, she was just like, you're not doing it yeah. enough to even have this conversation right now or right. to be worrying about this. Right. So 2018 became like, okay, I'm all in. So I went all in and I was teaching basically on a full-time level, but and also working like my regular employment. And it just got, it got to the point where like mid year, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I am so stretched in, I'm burning the candle from both ends. And she was like, now you're there. Wow. Now you have to make a decision. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. And she was like, you've been doing this other thing, right? So I've been in the automotive industry for 23 years. She goes, Mm -hmm. 
you've been doing this long enough. She goes, do you really think if you quit this job today that you couldn't pick up right where you left off next year if this doesn't pan out? Right. And, and probably make like, more money. <laughs> right. Going to another company, yeah. probably make more money. And she was like, do, do, do you really, is that what you fear? And I was right. like, well, kind of. And she's like, how many jobs have you had in a 23 year span? And I was like, a few. And right. she goes, you ever had any trouble finding employment? I go, no. And she's like, you think you're going to have any trouble finding employment now? And I was like, you're right. And she goes, at this point, you're, you're saying you're up against the rope. She goes, babe, you're making as much money, if not more money teaching now than you are on this. And you, you're saying something's got to give. Right. What's going to give? You're going to back off of something that you truly come home from every single weekend right. that you just absolutely passionate about to go back to a grind that you hate or... It, it, or are you going to give up the grind that you hate to become even more passionate about the thing that you're most passionate about, which is teaching, wow. not, not just shooting, but just sharing right. experience with people. And I was like, you make a good point. So we had that conversation on a Saturday. By that Monday, I put in my notice. First part of 18, middle end. Middle, middle of 18. Uh, middle of 18, I made the decision. Okay. Um, the, the job asked me, you know, they were like, well, we don't want to lose you. Mm -hmm. Um, we can work around your full-time schedule. And I was like, you can't afford me at, at, at that. And they were like, I, I was like, and I need four days a week, every single week, right? Friday for travel, Saturday, Sunday for open enrollment classes, Sunday, you know, or Monday to travel back. I was like, the, the most I could do is maybe three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday here. And they were like, done. And I was like, dang, you know, wow. like I was trying to give them the excuse to like, ah, oh, we can't do that. And I was right. like, okay. So, and they were so like, they knew else? what you were doing. 100%. So they were fully behind the shooting mm -hmm. sports and everything. They just, they didn't want it to come between you right. know, me and, and, and of working. Of course, of course. Um, and then I, I, and they were like, anything else? And I was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I want full-time benefits, you know, and I want, uh, I want my like full time, like all my other full-time benefits too. So, uh, vacation days, sick days, I want <laughs> health insurance. Where did you go from four foot 11 to six foot three? That was, but, but <laughs> But the whole reason, because I was, you were trying to get them to get rid of. I you. was trying to like for them to be like, you know, like, okay, Brian, we can't do that. Sorry, exactly. Right? And so they were like, we'll go talk to the the dealer principal, the owner, and they came back like fifteen minutes later with the owner, right? And he was like, done. What else can we do? And I was like, God, you know, holy, I can't cow. walk away from this. So I stayed there another part time, okay, until like super part time, okay. But all of my interests, like all of my, your focus, all changed. of my focus was and on you, 100 percent teaching. And there's a lot of people that ask me why I don't shoot, and mm -hmm. it's because if I'm taking care of the customer over here, I believe you can only do one thing great and a lot of things good. Correct. And that's my same philosophy. I want to be great at right. taking care of the of the community, right? And not want to be good at everything else because it it was it a surfer. 100. percent So you went the rest of 2018, mm -hmm. and went, then. Middle of 2019, part okay. time. Okay. And middle of 2019. Then, I'm oh, so, sorry, towards the end of 2019. Okay. So end of 2019, right? And I'm teaching 20, 2018. I taught like 19 classes across the country. Okay. Because where I'm fixing to go is fixing to be, you know what's coming. Because mm -hmm. all of a sudden, there became a pandemic. Yes, sir. So 2019, I taught 22, 23 classes. Yeah. The end of 2019, right? We started getting... You know, there was uh, developments in China. There were <laughs> yeah. developments in Japan yeah. there were, about this this virus thing, right? Yep. Um, by January, February of twenty twenty, right, right after Shot Show. Yep. <laughs> then it's like the, the country shuts down. Yeah. End of February, right? Yeah. 
So the end of February, I was looking for the back door to completely step away from the dealership life. Oh, so you you weren't trying to get back in the dealership no. to go to work. You were trying to get out still to go yeah, train. Because I like by so I'm now I'm booking classes a year in advance. Right. Even so, with COVID. So yeah, well, nobody knew COVID at the time, right? Uh-huh. So 2019 turned into I've got 25, 26 classes booked for 2020. Okay. I like I can't do anything else. So dealer, you know, dealer principal comes in and it's like, hey, so there's this thing called COVID. You know, we had to, we have to take this two week break. Nobody's working for two weeks, you know, to slow the spread kind of deal. And we yeah. were like, okay, great. So what's that gonna leave us? And he's like, Well, here's what we're gonna do for we're gonna do this for like two it's rumored it's gonna be two weeks. It's probably gonna be as long as a month. So for the next month, we're gonna work three shifts. So everybody's gonna work three days and then they're gonna take two weeks off. So and they were they they sorted this thing out. You know, they were like, We're gonna run a third scale crew you know, Monday, Tuesday, when, for one week. So it was a third scale crew for a week. And then, so you'd work a week and you'd off two weeks with pay. Right. And then the next crew would work the second week and then they're off for two weeks with pay. And they were like, so anybody want to volunteer to, to be the first guy, you know, the first crew to take the two week, the two week dip out. And I was like, dude, I'm part-time anyway. Deuces. I'm out. And they were like, okay, Tim, see ya. Didn't know that'd be my last day of employment period with them. But wow. So COVID, forced me to, to, to end that right completely. But and, you had all these bookings. But I had bookings. All of my March and April bookings canceled. They did cancel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I'm... Did, did, did freak out mode kick in? Completely. <laughs> Went back to your doctor again to get more uh, medicine. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I just, I just quit my job. I've just uh, you know, like uh, that I've had for 23 years. Yeah. Uh, like to pursue this full time. I got this right. And I've got a little money saved up. I was like, so first I was like, that's eh, three or four weeks, not that big a deal. Right? right. But then it turned into like two full months. And on top of that, like we were in the middle of our home remodel. Yeah. That's so I remember. I'm like, I remember, remember that well. God, right. So but fortunately, you know, we had a cash savings, you know, kind of stored up and things mm-hmm. like that to, enough to kind of float us through. And I had plenty of things to keep me busy and keep right. my mind occupied. Um, and then, uh, end of April, End of April, first of May, things kicked right back up. And it was yeah. almost like for me, it was almost like nothing was really ever lost. I know. I, 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 I still did 33 matches, I think, that year of 2020. COVID, and I traveled. And it was so crazy to travel because, you know, you go to some counties and everything's shut down. You uh-huh. go one county over, they're like, yeah, what, what's going what, on? What, in the what pandemic? The world? You right. got to experience that as well, right? Yep. Is that not crazy? It's totally crazy. It was one of the weirdest things about traveling during the pandemic because everybody thought I was nuts. Oh, COVID travel? Yeah. I loved it, actually. I would give anything <laughs> to go back to COVID travel without the mask. Exactly. No but mask. But the COVID travel, like no being traffic. one of eight to 10 people on a plane, walking in and out of an airport in five minutes. It was so nice for oh, a year and a God, half. God, it was so great. <laughs> no road, no traffic on the interstates. Oh, Everything ever. was great. Yeah. It, it, so, yeah. There's, I, made, <laughs> I made many comments on the road like, man, I wish we could bring the COVID back so just, I could have. Just for those things. <laughs> I could get to these major cities in like five minutes instead of three and three. Yeah. Like 38 minutes. <laughs> that's yep. so wonderful. So look at you now. That's all you're doing. So that's you're all just training. This is my full-time, my full-time profession. So. That is, congratulations, man. Thank you. You know, that's one of those things. And you, and I'm sure now you're booked out more than ever because there's matches everywhere. So, yeah. Um, we had, I've had the first six months of 2023 mm-hmm. already booked out by May of this year for wow. for next year. So I've got... I've got some openings in August, some openings in September, and then October, it starts to pick back up again. I think I've already got 30, 
30 to 35 bookings. Are you doing any international? No, not yet. Okay. You're leaving I, that to all I've the other people. I had some interest in it, okay. but I, I've got so many bookings here just in, in the U.S. No, I get it. I get it. And are you, when are you, did you find it hard being a, a single stack guy? And then somebody comes to your class with an open gun. Not at all. Okay. Cause, cause really the, the concepts of shooting are, are shooting regardless right. of, of the gun. So it has, it sparked my interest in obviously, you know, shooting other divisions and playing right. around with other guns. And I've got, I've got multiple carry optics pistols and I okay. shoot local matches and stuff for carry optics. I haven't put enough time in behind that, that particular gun, like mm-hmm. a carry optics gun to like, to go to a, a major match and like, okay, I'm going to shoot CO now because that's the, that's the great thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I shoot enough of it and I'm behind the dot enough like to, to teach aiming concepts and to teach, you know, to, to teach it and feel 100% confident right. in, you know, I can make you a better red dot shooter. I can right. make you a better open shooter. I can make you a better limited or single stack or production. Right. You know, like, and, and that's, and that's great. So, how do how do people find your schedule? Just in case there's anybody that backs out, they can to go to involved. my my website, which so, is uh, shooting dot com. Very okay. very easy. That was easy enough. So, <laughs> yep. what what's next? I mean, is it? Do you have a plan for the future, or is this kind of what you know? You're just going to keep riding this out. Um, I would like to continue to grow this, okay. you know, um, and, and just kind of expand my horizons as an educator first. Um, I have because I have seen. A, a lot of success in in the teaching realm. Um, it mm-hmm. does take away from me being able to compete as much as I'd I'd love to. Right. Um, but I still I still make it. You know, a oh, huge you, effort. You, ju- you just left Area A mm-hmm. and you got on a plane and got you're here the next day to your Illinois section. Coming match. to Illinois section. So you're you're doing the you're doing it. So I'm, I'm I I shoot when I can. Right. You know, as much as I can because I still love to compete. But I mm-hmm. my first and foremost love is is education and teaching. Right. Um, I'm in the midst of. Do you think that gives you an advantage over some of the other? Um, well, that's kind of a weird question. Well, let me ask this question this way. Do you think it does give you an advantage that you are very active in the shooting sports for your classes to be full all the time? I think so. Good. Definitely. Because I'm, I was just curious about that because, you know, there's a lot of great trainers out there. and But if you're not active, I don't think people would know enough to get out there and be part of that. To kind of does you. develop the relevance a little bit. Well, you know? it also helps with relationships, I'm sure. Because sure. oh, I, I watched you today, you know, walking some stage when I, when I actually realized who you were. <laughs> and there's a lot of people coming up to you mm-hmm. and talking to you. And you're open to talk. You're very, you know, and I, I, I stood back for a while because you were in conversation about, you know, stage plans for people that were shooting next day as well because you're, you're you know i'm in in the sales world i'm in it's like you know the world is always be selling and you're in a situation you're always be coaching so mm-hmm. because you're always coaching so you find ways that people build relationships but seeing them at the matches and, then, and then ask when your next class is kind of thing it, and it happens all the time yes. yeah and it's it's great because it's it's not a hey you need coaching right. you need to come seek me out for coaching i right. think i could help it's right. like it just it's a, such a natural it's just like a, my natural character anyway, right. right. To just be like, man, you know, if somebody's kind of struggling with something, it's like, I can't, I can't help not, not helping them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I, 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 let me, let me show you something. Have you thought about this? And they're like, Oh my God, you know? And then they'll wait a minute. I know you, my right. so-and-so take a class with you. Oh my God. I can't believe you're just out here giving away free milk kind of, so right. to speak. And it's right. like, dude, this is just what I do. And it's it, mm-hmm. like, 
I don't mean for it to be a salesmanship kind of thing. Right. It just does. No, it, and, it's, and it's, yeah. that's great. So, and then at the same time too, like coming here, I get to teach two classes a year in Illinois. Right. So I've got a lot of, a lot of alumni, Yeah. which is great. So when I get to see them, it's like, I'm interested in how they're shooting. I'm interested in their successes and their failures. Being at the range is so cool. Is, is, well, it's so important. Yeah. Because in, in my opinion, if you're not there, then somebody else might be. And that's not a bad thing either, but it's sure, one of those no. things. You, you've got alumni that you want to make sure you're followed up on. Oh, always. You know, another another great trainer I know that does that is JJ. Yeah, 100%. He's, he is always there following up with his alumni because yep. I, I see it all the time. It's so cool. Yep. Um, when you do trainings, is most of your stuff competitive or do you get people out of the box that's never done I get compet a lot. Competition, so, competition before? Initially, my audience was or has been, you know, competitive shooters because okay. of that's my background, right? Yes, yes. And that's where most people know me from. Um, I've, I've been very thankful to to get a lot of uh, a lot of friends who are also, uh, you know, peers within the industry that yeah. aren't necessarily competitive shooters that um, that that see my relevance just as a pistol shooter right. um, in both a, like the defensive side of things, uh, you know, just like the the in the performance side of things. Just shooting is shooting, mm -hmm. um, which has been great. Uh, Mr. Tom Givens uh, of, of the Range Master organization. Right. Tom Givens has been a, you know, a, a, a consummate trainer since like the seventies. Right. Um, it's kind of one of those like everybody. It's anybody around like defensive uses mm -hmm. of a handgun knows who Tom Givens is. And get, like I've taken Tom Givens's class. Um, Tom has been very interested in what I do and has then invited me to teach. Now uh, this will be my third year next year uh, teaching with the Range Master group. Wow. Um, teaching some defensive, like not defensive use of a pistol, mm -hmm. but just performance use of a pistol in the context of, de of defense right. um, and being a uh, an instructor um, at his uh, tactical conference in right. Dallas every year. So um, and that's really helped to open up uh, an audience that was really foreign to me before. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say now I'm probably it's probably it was 80. 90, 10, then it was like 80, 20, 80% competitors, 20% mm -hmm. kind of defensive minded right. shooters. I have, it's been 50, 50, 60, 40, 40, 60 right. now on right. the opposite end of, of things. So right. I've get a, a, a lot of hosts that are, they're like, man, we don't really know the first thing about competitive shooting, but you come from a, a breed of instructors that speak very mm -hmm. highly of you. Uh, we want to bring you out. Okay. Can you teach us to shoot better. None of us have competitive experience. And I'm like, yes, I can. And, right. and it's, it's been really cool to see everything evolve and open up a, a market that. Do, do you see some of those people sometimes coming into the shooting sports? Mm -hmm. That's what's important. Absolutely. That, in my opinion, that's giving back. Yep. And because, you know, not everybody wants to be the president of USPSA, but do you ever see yourself getting what you know about USPSA when you first got started, mm -hmm. what we know about now and where the direction should be going? Do you ever see yourself doing a role with USPSA to get more involved? Ooh. Have you ever thought about that? I have. Okay. I've, I've had people I've had people ask me, like, especially over all of this. Yeah. Everything that's kind of, you well, know, I have people that ask me to run for president. I'm like, I've, heck no. Yeah, I've said I, got, same, I got my own business. There's been I can't plenty run this of people one. that said the same thing. You're like, man, yeah, you should no. run for president. And I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> you know, and, I got, I got another business going. Right. That's a whole other issue. And on, for me, I look mm -hmm. at it as like that. I look at it as it could, it could be a conflict of interest. Um, I understand that. To be, it definitely would be, to for be me. an educator, especially that's based from 
you know, I, a lot of my market share is from you, you from the membership, right, you know, right. And then to be, th- you know, to kind of thrust myself into a role, like I wouldn't do it and feel comfortable without like basically kind of shutting down right. my business right. to pursue something like that. I can do that. I don't okay. want to do that. I, I get it. I, get it. I, I like people to like me. Right. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't be president of an organization or the, or the head of an organization where you know 50% of your constituents hate your guts. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. I get it. I, it's, 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 and in being in there, you know, New Mexico, close to Arizona, there's a lot of shooters mm-hmm. that are over that area and mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of very active. You know, a lot of people don't know Florida's a Mecca and so is Arizona. That whole area out there is a, just a huge Mecca for it is. competitive shooters and shooters and just alike. But, um, do you ever, you know, I thought about, you know, helping put on, have you put matches on the ground before? I've done, I've done some local match stuff. Um, and anytime that I'm actually, it's very rare, but anytime that I'm actually home, like on a weekend, Mm -hmm. um, I I can't wait to shoot a local match because I don't get to shoot. I I honestly don't get to shoot much anymore because my, my travel schedule is so hectic. So when I do, like, I'm generally one of the, I I try to be one of the first people to show up and be, you know, like feet on the ground, hands on equipment, like, Hey, I'll take these two bays and I'll set up a stage or set up two stages and try to help with those kind of things. I think where I'd see myself eventually would be like, maybe not running for a particular office with USPSA, but, um, like being a, a, like a dedicated match director or an RO. Did you ever get your, did you ever get your RO certification? I have not. And and Ray Hurst, who's, who's here, you know, Ray's like, I've known Ray for years. Ray's like, what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? And I was like, I just, I, I just unfortunately have not exposed myself. Well, to the that only reason yet. I asked that question is because a lot of people became ROs to learn the rules right. to be more competitive. You're right. Because you can use the rules in a competitive way to your advantage mm-hmm. just as much as a disadvantage. 100%. So I didn't know if you ever did that. Before. I haven't yet, but that's, okay. that's on the horizon. Good. So good for you. But yeah, that's the thing that I get to feel like I really get to give back to the sport now mm-hmm. um, and be such a supporter is because this is my my full-time job, right? It's not right. just making shooters better and getting paid for it, mm-hmm. but it's also then getting to support matches like this and get to travel. And, you know, when they ask for sponsorships, you know, like anybody interested in sponsoring a stage at a major match or things like mm-hmm. that, like having, having the freedom now as a, as a, as a, what I feel like a knock on wood, a successful business and, owner yes. to be like, this is my bread and butter. How can I give back? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's my very first question. So like area eight, when Vicky reached out and was looking for stage sponsors and things like that, I was like, how can I help? You mm-hmm. know, and she was like, well, maybe prizes for the prize table or, you know, I've had some really good conversations. I know you have too with Bill Duda. Yes. Um, he's done that podcast series about match directing mm-hmm. and things where he's brought some really interesting insight, him and, um, the gentleman that uh, that's the match director for the North Carolina sectional and things like that, where they yes. talked about like how to get sponsors on board and where that money comes from. And is it better to ask sponsors for, for money yeah. versus asking them for product? And yep. it's, it's changed the way I've thought about things too, where I'm like giving back now, like maybe I can't get back in, in volunteerism for like match directing or things like that. But man, if I can mm-hmm. get back to like help put, you know, help put barrels out or help with porta potties or right. help with, you know, I'm always interested in like, dude, tell me what you need and let me, right. let me help how I can. And that's, to me, that's, that's so empowering to be able to give back that, it, it that is. way as well. That's so cool. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing so much of your life with me today. I really appreciate that. We've never, we've, we've had so many discussions yeah. in passing and stuff like that. And, um, with what you do with Hunter's HD Gold, thank you so much. Oh, and thank you. everything, you know, we've always had these little small conversations, but I've never just had time just to sit down with you and, and just chat like we have today. So yeah. that's been really cool. Have we left off anything that you'd like to put out there for the people to know or anything, you know? Gosh, I mean, it, obviously, you know, just to, to kind of, to push myself Please, out there, you no. know, I mean, if, if you've, if you've ever thought about taking a class or, uh, you know, it, to get better at your shooting, whether you are, a, a you know, a competitive shooter or a defensive minded shooter or whatever, I would love, I would love to have every single person listening ever, you know, to come, to come take a class with me or host me for a class. Um, if you see me at a match at all, don't ever be afraid to, to, you know, to stop me and say hi and things yep. like that. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, I, I love meeting new people and I love extending, you know, my, my, my involvement in my family, you know, with, with USPSA and, and shooting. Um, and then as, as well, you know, support those that support me. And I, I, I can't, I can't stress that enough. You, um, you know, I mean, you and I have had a relationship now, I think since 2018, 2019, yeah, I think right after nine days of nationals. So 2018, I, I ran in, um, I think, Jason with um Jason Spradlin J J no well Jason no, Spradlin no, Jason Wood. Jason Wood from Target, from Target USA, USA and then Bill Duda yep. got hooked up and that it was all together that kind of hooked us all together yep. so it was a, it was a and, group and effort between those very, two very very fortunate you know I've yeah. I've shot uh, I I've got to represent Jason with the uh, Target USA since twenty twenty seventeen right um twenty sixteen actually twenty seventeen uh Bill um you know would go fast don't suck is he not he you know another subject i won't break off on it. he's such an amazing individual he sure is people you know they just see the memes and they think he just does one is one dimensional yep but he does so much for the shooting sports he, behind he the really scenes. does uh, and you know, it's, i'm, I'm very such fortunate a cool to, to get to wear his logo and wear your logo yeah. on my jerseys and represent you know some amazing companies um and very very fortunate as well like with nighthawk yeah. uh nighthawk custom guns uh you know has been a sponsor of mine now and a supporter of me since uh since 2019 yeah. and then federal uh yeah, federal ammunition yeah, with jason spradling yep. they've been just I, i've had i i always tell people they're like man you know have you thought about other sponsorships like you know what i want to continue to nurture relationships that i have with the sponsors i have right like like my goal in life especially in this in this industry is to be the rob latham 40 years from now and have like had the and not Rob from a, you know, from a shooting aspect, yeah. but like Rob has nurtured the same relationship with like Springfield, mm -hmm. you know, and, and Safari land for a number of years yes, and now with Comtac. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's been the the face of those, of those companies yeah. for so long and nurtured those, those relationships. And I, I don't for one second, take what I have here for granted, because I know in a heartbeat, you know, any and all of this could be taken away from me at any time. And, I, I cherish this. And well, I, hopefully those relationships continue based 100%. on the based on the companies being able to be around that long. Yes, <laughs> that's one thing about it. So many companies now are having so many different issues and it, things to overcome. It so sure is. We'll get through it all together. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll be able to get through it together. Anything else, brother? No, I, I think uh, I think we've covered a lot Man, that we have and thank you again for sharing your um family life with me oh, as well thank as you very, so much i think it's very important for people to hear so if you have any questions for um tim you know how to get in touch with him if you have any questions and just get in touch with me i'll get in touch with him at info at huntershdgold.com but thank you so much for listening and watching this episode of hunters hd gold behind the lens and until next time we'll see you at the range soon thanks brother thank you